Well, gang, looks like we've got another mystery on our hands. Welcome to episode three of the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo, the podcast where we delve into the mystery of Scooby-Doo media, getting clues from people who helped bring our favorite mystery-solving dog to life on various platforms, and maybe eating some Scooby snacks along the way. I'm your host, Alexa Lawler. Scooby-Doo, where are you? And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. Gang, we've just been handed our next mystery. Blasted meddling kids. (laughs) On today's episode, I spoke with Zach Retz, who worked as a visual development artist on the early stages of the new 2020 film, Scoob. Zach worked on some really gorgeous paintings for the film, but we go into more detail with that in the interview, so let's get right to it. Hi Zach, how's it going? Good, Um, how are you? Good. So if you're up for it, I'd like to start off with a quick three-question trivia game. Yeah, sure. So question one, which year did the original Scooby-Doo Where Are You show premiere? Oh, man. I have no idea. Like 1970s? 1969. Very close. Okay, cool. And so the second question is multiple choice, but it kind of has two different answers, depending on if you count the Laugh Olympics. So uh, question two, how many different Scooby-Doo TV series have there been across the 50 years of the franchise? A, uh, 15 or 16, B, 13 or 14, or C, 20 or 21? Um, Let's do 20, 21. It's actually B. There's only 13 or 14, depending on if you count the Laugh Olympics. Oh, okay. And question three, how many theatrical films does Scooby-Doo have or would have had if Scoop had gotten a theater release as it should have? Um, it's just going to be a guess, but maybe like 20? There's only three. What? Most of them just go like direct to DVD. There's only been three that have gone to theaters. Oh, okay. But they did do a lot of movies, though, I think, right? Oh, yeah, they do tons. I think there's almost 30 direct-to-video movies. Wow. So to kick off the actual questions, uh, what's your relationship to Scooby-Doo? Did you grow up watching? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I wasn't, like, I actually didn't watch too many cartoons growing up. Um, but once I got this job, then I like really dove into it and, and started watching all the old Scooby-Doo's. And did you watch any of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons as well? Yeah, a little bit. And so how did you come to work in animation? I started in, um, like right after school, I did like a kid's book. Um, and then I got into a game studio and I did that for about a year and a half. And then, um, I realized I really wanted to get into animation after that. So, um, yeah, I just quit my job at the game studio. Um, I took some classes, just worked on getting better at painting and built a portfolio. I put it online and then it's like a week later, 
couple studios um, had jobs for me. Um, and Real Effects is the studio that was making Scooby-Doo at the time. They had like a partnership with uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, so they, they offered me a job. That movie looked fun. So I moved out to California from New York. And yeah, that's how it happened. And how did you come to realize that you wanted to work in animation? I always had an interest in it, like in college and everything. But I think what drew me to it the most was the artists who are working in animation, like seeing their paintings and seeing like how they're telling a story um, with like color and mood and uh, characters. And uh, yeah, just looking at all these like beautiful paintings that artists were doing. Um, I think that's what drew me to it the most because um, I wanted to do stuff like that. And for those that maybe don't know, can you just describe what a visual development artist is and what they do on animated movies? So visual development, it's called VizDev for short, but um, usually you're either um, a character designer or an environment artist. So you're split into like two groups. Um, so my focus is environment design. And um, what we do is like uh, day one, when you start the movies like really early, um, sometimes they just have like an outline to the movie. It could be like a couple pages long or they might have a script, but we, we read that. And then um, we'll talk to the director or, or production designer and they'll launch us on some location or some part of the movie to focus on. And then we just start drawing and painting and um, trying to visualize what the movie can look like through uh, through paintings. And those are usually like pretty fast, quick, uh, loose paintings to get like the feel for things. And then we do like as the movie goes and uh, there's like storyboards and the script gets more finalized and we know like what exact locations there are, um, then we'll go in and uh, really design those different locations. Like for example, in, in Scooby-Doo, uh, there's a haunted mansion. So I would, I would do some sketches and then, um, the guy next to me would, would start building it in 3d. And then I would like draw over it and paint over it and we'd work together and we'd design the whole, whole location. Oh, and then later on in the process, um, we do what's called color keys. So um those are like painting the exact shots in the movie um with like color and light and um, we figure out what those movie moments uh should feel like so is the sky like red in the scene or is it gray how does that relate to mood um, how can we light the characters so uh the storytelling and mood comes across and yeah that's that's what we do and what were you specifically responsible for on Scoob? Um, I did a lot of um, pitch paintings. So it was pretty early on when I was on the movie. So I think we had like a partial script, um, like Warner Brothers. Uh, like the director was getting feedback from Warner Brothers um, on like changes and stuff. So sometimes the director would just be like, hey, we need like more like fun, exciting moments, or we need like some epic, like crazy fight scenes, or we need some spooky stuff. So I would brainstorm some ideas um, with the other artists, 
and then we'd just paint those and we'd send them to to Warner Brothers and they'd be like, yeah, let's let's put that in or let's use this. So I did that a lot. And then, um, yeah, it's hard because they went through so many different um, versions of the script. And I was on like one of the first versions. So a lot of what I worked on did not end up in the movie. But um, one thing that ended up in the movie was the amusement park. It was on a pier when I was when I was on the movie. Um, they changed the location, but um, I designed a lot of the amusement park rides and, and stuff like that. How long were you involved with the movie for? Um, I think about 10 months. Okay. And so you mentioned um, that you were often working with the person beside you. How does that team dynamic work? Each studio is different, but um, in the case of, of Scooby-Doo, it was very collaborative, which was fun. Like there was just like five artists. We're all like sitting close to each other. So it was easy to like someone could do a sketch and they'd be like, hey, Zach, could you uh, try some color ideas on this? And then I'd try some colors and then maybe there's a 3D artist and then he would start building it and then he'd pass it back to me and then I would design on it. So yeah, we'd, we would do stuff like that a lot. Or other times we would just, we would just totally do everything um, start to finish on our own and see what each of us come up with. But yeah, we were, we were always like talking about things and coming up with new ideas that we could, we could show. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And so in the early days of development, how many pieces would you typically work on for a full length movie? For this movie, I probably had like a few hundred paintings. A lot of them are like versions um, so like I'll do a painting, then they'll give me feedback and then I'll try like another version. And sometimes it'll be like, I do a painting and then I just change like the colors. I try like a bunch of different color options, but yeah, I think, I think in like 10 months, I wonder how many paintings that is a day, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think on average I would do, um, like some, some of the more detailed ones would take a couple days, um, the quicker ones would be like half a day or a day long, but I try to be like pretty efficient. So I'm like pumping out a lot of ideas because when you're early on, you want to explore a lot. You don't want to spend like a week doing one painting usually. And for each specific setting or scene, do you need to do multiple different angles or do you just do one painting to kind of get the idea of what it might look like? Yeah, um, everyone works differently, but um, the way I do it, is I'll start, if they're like, hey, design this house, then I'll start with like, kind of like the hero shot of the house. Like, what does it look like when the characters drive up to the house or whatever? Um, so I'll do that painting. And then um, if that gets approved, if everyone likes it, then I'll do more of the production-y stuff, the more of the detail and all like the information so people know how to build it and turn it into like a 3D set. So that could mean painting each side of the house flat uh, with like no perspective so they know exactly what to build. I'll do like, I'll figure out like the textures, like all the little details, like is there plants going up the side of the house? Is there is there like weathering? Is this part of the house like discolored a little bit because of like the water ran down it or like, I, you got to think about all those little things. And um, so, like, after it gets approved, then I 
I go into detail and I figure out all the tiny little little pieces. So it could it could mean like a bunch of like little paintings to describe all that stuff. What has to happen before your role comes in? A lot of the times it's just if the director has an idea, he'll just come over and tell us and then then we, we just go from there. Sometimes um, the, an art director, production designer will just give us an idea of what they, they're thinking for something and then we just start sketching from there. But yeah, sometimes it's very informal. They just, they just ask if you can try some stuff out and they rely on us to give um, like creative solutions to these things. And can you elaborate a little bit more on your specific process? Totally depends on the kind of assignment and how epic uh, it is or how, how detailed it is or um, if it's a major location or a smaller, less important location in the movie. But like usually I'll spend, if it's like a more important location, then I'll spend like a day doing research, gathering references, just figuring out as much information I can about uh, this location or these, these buildings I'm designing. That might include like watching like some YouTube videos that of people like exploring something like like a documentary, or just seeing what I can come up with on Google. Going into Pinterest, looking up images, gathering like color ideas, design ideas, texture, all this stuff, and I'm just building like I'm dragging all these images into like a big. Photoshop document so I can refer back to them and, and look at them. So I do that for like a day. Usually I'll start like sketching like little thumbnail ideas as I'm doing that. And then say I'm given like a week to do this. Then I'll spend like the rest of the week just doing paintings. I'll spend, yeah, it might be, I'll try to do like a painting every day um, or I'll try to get like a couple, couple quick paintings done in a day to just explore and try lots of lots of different ideas and these paintings are like like inspirational the goal of these are to get the directors and producers like excited about this and then um, if these get approved then we'll get into like how are we going to build this and how are we going to make this like a tangible thing and i treat them like i would kind of like a traditional painting. Like I just do a little little sketch. I figure out like the values, like where I want my lighting to be and stuff, just all in black and white. And, um, and then I, I just put in color and put in a little bit of detail where it's needed. And then if it's feeling right, then I, I just move on and do another one. And what is it like when you're adding colors to maybe someone else's drawing? I like to, if I'm painting on top of someone else's drawing, if they like give me a sketch or maybe I take like a storyboard panel or something, I will, um, I'll look at what's most important in their drawing because everyone, everyone draws a different way. Everyone has like their shorthand for things. I try to, I try to pick up on those things and, um, what do I want to preserve in their drawing versus what do I want to like paint over and change in the painting. But, um, I try to be faithful and like respectful of their drawing because usually it's a drawing that's been like approved or something so I want to keep as much as that of that as I can but yeah I, I try to maintain their drawing and then I 
my process is pretty much the same. I'll figure out the value structure and how I want my lighting to be. And then I just drop in color and, and go from there. And for animation specifically, do you take a lot of inspiration from real life images or do you look at a lot of animation for uh, other animation for inspiration as well? I don't really look at animation. I'm usually for inspiration. I look at photos I take photos I find online. I look at live action. Yeah. Um, Oh, and um, I look at like old, like master paintings, like paintings that um, artists have gone out outside and painted and observed from real life. Cause you'll pick up things about like color and lighting from those, from those people. Um, but yeah, I try to stay away from animated movies because um, I want whatever I'm doing to feel unique and different because a lot of animation, it tends to look the same. Like you can't really tell what studio has done what a lot of the time. It's like, is it a Disney movie or a Pixar movie? Like, I'm not sure. So I try to try to come up with something new. Okay. In terms of color, did you look back at older Scooby-Doo movies for kind of the feel and the mood for the color palette that you might want to go for? Yeah, um, that was something we tried to stay true to uh, when we were doing art. And one thing, like as I was, like when I started the job, I was watching a lot of the old Scooby-Doo's. And um, one thing I noticed that was kind of... um, like a style choice in those cartoons was they would have like a background sky or something that was like really crazy saturated color, be like bright purple or something. And then in like the foreground, things would be more desaturated and like dark and it can't, it gave like an interesting feel. Um, It's like, it's scary, but it's still a cartoon and it's funny like that. Those like saturated pops of color um, reminded you that it's still like a cartoon and funny and, but then like the dark shadows and more spooky lighting was, yeah, reflected like it's a spooky mystery. Um, So those were things I tried to do in my paintings when we were on it. That's something we really wanted to make like the final movie look like. And did that take a couple tries to get true to that? Or was it pretty much like right off the bat, you kind of knew what you were doing? Yeah, it took a little bit. Anytime you, for me, anytime I try to try something new or try to incorporate someone else's like artistic ideas into my own stuff, it takes a little bit of time because it pushes you out of your comfort zone a little bit. I think my tendencies go more towards like reality and like pushing reality a little bit. But then something like Scooby-Doo was like really cartoony colors at times. So I had to try to figure out how to make that work in a painting with uh, realistic lighting and value structure. Backtracking a bit here. uh, Once you have a sketch done, when are you feeling ready to add color to it? The way I sketch is it might start out with like a tiny little line drawing, um, like really quick, just to, to figure out like the general shapes. And then I'll I'll like block in the values and sometimes uh, my line drawing, I do that along with like blocking in my value. So it's not really a drawing. I'm kind of just like, Oh, big, 
black shape here, um, characters here, and it's like a blob, and then they're silhouetted by a big white shape. I think about it like kind of abstractly, but that gives me like the impact, like the the staging and the feeling of the painting. And once I feel that that is uh, that's feeling right, like I can I can read it at that stage then I start painting, I start putting in the color because um, I don't I don't sit there and try to refine like a person and like every little finger or, or everything like that in a drawing because I know that I'll just figure that out when I paint. And once you get to the painting stage, are you typically doing like this is the final product or do you do a couple drafts? Depends. Um, sometimes I have a very clear vision for something. And that's, that's usually best. But if I don't know exactly what I'm doing, or if I can't really picture it too well in my head, um, like maybe I'm asked to do something that's like feels strange to me, then um, I'll try a bunch of different color and lighting options. So after that, that drawing stage, then I'll just, I might try like five different color options or something and see what's feeling the best for me. And then I'll pick my favorite or I'll show my art director or something see what they like I'll get some feedback and then I'll pick one and then turn that into the final painting and once a piece is completed is it often that it'll be approved right away or is there always a bit of feedback um it's pretty much always feedback yeah it 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 depends though like but usually it's it's like you're given like a launch and it's it a lot of the times it's pretty vague. So you're, you're doing what you think is best. Um, and then the director, like once he sees that he'll get like an idea or something. So then you'll, you'll incorporate, uh, their idea or you'll try some new paintings with that new idea. But yeah, usually, usually there's, there's many rounds. Like for example, like right now I'm designing like, um, this girl's, uh, dress in, in this movie. And it's like a very unique kind of dress. And I've probably done like 20 different options. And I keep just showing new things. And then my director will be like, oh, that's cool. But why don't you try like some of these things? And then I'll like try to incorporate that. Yeah, so some things just, just take longer than others. Is there an average of how many versions you might do? Mm, not not really. Like it, it varies so much. Um like one of my friends was telling me, uh, they're they're a character designer. They're saying they've done like hundreds of different versions of this one character for this movie, uh, which is just insane. Um, like that's spanning over years and years of time. <laughs> oh wow! Um, usually environments aren't that that crazy. Um, usually it's like you you try a few things and then. They'll, they'll pick one and they'll, we'll move on. But And so when it comes to the work in the visual department, when does that end? Like, does it go through right up until the final cut of the movie? Yeah. Um, so some artists are a bit more specialized. Like maybe, maybe we hire someone because they're really good at this specific thing. Then they might just be on the movie for a few months and then we don't need them anymore. But if you're more, uh, more general... You, um, you can do like color, lighting, uh, design, like you can kind of do everything. Then you'll be on from 
uh, very beginning till the very end. Like for example, um, like Spider Man when that that came out, my art director was saying the night before the movie went into theaters, he was doing like color adjusting things, like matching the color and stuff, and knowing like the next day people were going to be watching this movie. And do you have a favorite piece that you developed for Scoop specifically? It's hard to pick a favorite. I think it was weird when I was working on the movie. I, it was my first first movie that I worked on, and it was like five years ago. And I wasn't, I didn't know like what what level I was at, or it was hard for me to judge my own artwork, you know. And I remember thinking that I was like, oh, I'm not good at this. I I suck. I I shouldn't have this job. And um, then looking back at some of those paintings I did like five years later, I was like, oh, these are, I like some of these. I wasn't as bad as I thought. It's kind of like imposter syndrome, you know? But uh, yeah, I think like, I like the, this wacky races one I did where it's like all these is an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's all these like crazy vehicles racing along the desert cliffs and stuff. And then I also like this one with, um scoob and shaggy they're on a a stretcher and they're um they're like flying down the stairs in the asylum and all these little rottens with their glowing eyes those are like the little robots um they're like chasing them down the stairs i kind of like that one i could picture that being like a funny uh kind of creepy uh story moment in the movie and what was it like to venture into Scooby-Doo for your first experience in full-length animation? It was like it was like a dream project because it's these characters are so established and developed already. So I felt like like so much of the work was already done. Like we already have like a great cast of characters. They each have like amazing personalities. So like doing artwork that just puts them into like new locations and new situations like there's challenges but it's it almost felt easy it was like oh like these characters are so great I can just like put them into this moment and um it'll feel feel good so yeah that was that was a lot of fun and um thinking about it in like a more cinematic way like a like a big budget animated movie was really exciting because you can you can tell a Scooby-Doo story in a more epic way. It's not like a 2D show. It's like it's CG you can do. Like it opens up so many more possibilities. So that was that was a lot of fun. When you were working on the movie, it was fairly early stages. And obviously there were a lot of concepts and Hanna-Barbera characters that ultimately didn't end up making the final cut. Is there something that you maybe would have liked to have seen left in the movie? Yeah, a couple things. Jabberjaw, like this shark which was always like a really strange concept, like the shark that can like walk around on land. I wish, I forgot, I think it was either boy or girl. I don't remember what we were going to do, but I think in the end it was going to be a she. And she was like a funny, goofy, interesting character that um, my ver- the, the early version of the movie, I thought she was um, like the way she was introduced and uh, the way she became part of like the Scooby-Doo team, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and then there's there's Grape Ape, like the giant purple uh, ape. <laughs> uh, 
Um, that was, he was pretty cool. I think something I, I really missed was as, as the movie evolved, it turned into more of a, like a superhero movie instead of like a classic, uh, scary mystery. And like, I fell in love with Scooby-Doo like as a kid, because it was like a mystery and, um, had this kind of storyline that you could, you could kind of count on, you know, like the Scoob gang goes out and tries to solve a mystery and then they pull the mask off the guy. I feel like, like Warner brothers really wanted to make like a big epic, like superhero movie, but I wish it was more of the classic Scooby-Doo movie, but eh, whatever. (laughs) How do you feel about the final product of the movie? I mean, the first time I watched it, I was a little disappointed because I was expecting something, like I mentioned, like more of like a spooky Scooby-Doo story. So I was like, I was pretty disappointed. But then I watched it again with like a bunch of my friends and they were all laughing the whole time. And they were like, wow, this movie's so silly. (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's a silly movie. (laughs) So I appreciate it now. Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult with movies because... You can have, you can have the greatest team of like artists and directors and everything, but it's really uh, the final outcome. It's it's all based on like the executives like way up, who are like trying to see like what things will make money, what things are like in right now. So they're really the ones telling us what to do. So really, you don't have much control, which is a little disappointing, but. And what is it like to watch the final product of a movie five years after you finished working on it? I'm just so, I was just so happy that they made the movie. Because, <laughs> because the movie kept get, getting like put on pause and I was like, are they ever going to make this? Like, this was my first movie. I want to like show this art that I did. And um, so, yeah, when they said it was coming out, I was, I was really excited and it's always a great feeling. And you see all this hard work that you've done. Um, you see parts of it end up on screen. And I really like being part um, of something bigger like that, like working with your friends and, um, you know, you're creating something together. I watched it with two of my friends who um, I worked on it with. And it was, yeah, it was really cool to sit there and pick out like what, what parts we we got to work on and stuff like that. What do you think it is about a cartoon dog solving mysteries that has been able to hold up for 50 years and, you know, having all these incarnations? I think, well, like so many people just love dogs. I mean, I love animals and each character in that cast, like um, Shaggy, Velma, all of them, um, they all have very unique, different personalities and we we can, I think anyone can relate a little bit to each of those characters, whether you're a bit of a nerd or maybe a little bit more of a jock or whatever. You can relate or you've been in situations where you have like a group of friends um, that have similar personalities. Um, so I think it's that you're, you can relate to those those characters that make this thing um, just last for so long. I think that covers all of my questions. Is there anything else that you wanted to add at all? I had a lot of fun working on the movie and I 
like I thank everyone who gave me a shot at my first animated movie. I really appreciate that because that was like uh, the launching point in my career. Like after that first job you get, then as long as you don't mess up too bad, then because there's so much demand for artists now that um, if you as long as you're halfway decent and you're nice, then you'll just get job after job. So I was, I was lucky I got, I was given an opportunity. And just before we end here, do you have any recent projects that you'd like to promote? I mean, not really. I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I always have like personal projects and things that I'm working on. So just follow me on like Instagram, just Zach Retz, um, And you'll get to see like, like daily paintings or like little bits and pieces from my own stories that I'm developing. But yeah. Perfect. Uh, and you mentioned Instagram, but are there any other social media channels where people can get in touch with you? Um, yeah, there's, there's Twitter, Facebook, um, ArtStation. There'll be links on this. Um, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think that covers everything. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Zach. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And that concludes today's episode. Another huge thank you to Zach Retz for being on the show. It was great to talk to you. If you want to see some of Zach's paintings for Scoob, be sure to check at Unmasked SD on Twitter, at Unmasked SD Podcast on Instagram, or at UnmaskedSDPodcast.com. I've got a few posted there, and there will also be a link to Zach's pages so you can take a look at all of the ones that he's got posted. If you like this episode and want to hear more, also make sure to check those social media channels or the website. Or you can listen to older episodes wherever you like to get your podcast fix. And if you want to follow Zach, you can find him on Instagram at Zach Retz, on Twitter at Zach D. Retz, and there will be a few more links to find him in the description. Thanks for listening, and keep an ear out for the next episode. Scooby-Dooby-Doo!